Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today we hear from Kat Philp, CEO and founder of Pivot Marketing, a personal branding and social media agency. Kat was recently awarded Midlands Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Kat founded Pivot after being furloughed during the pandemic and her mindset and determination to succeed after starting her own business was something I think a lot of business owners will fondly identify with. I really know that I did. As well as Kat's personal story, this episode explores tips for business owners looking to build their personal brand, Kat's ideas behind posting content and how its primary function is to make connections with people instead of just selling, 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 the different ways each generation expresses themselves online, the three social platforms you should be focusing on in 2023, and there is a surprise there in my opinion, and her vision for building schools to install a better mindset and enhance a sense of individuality right from the nursery school age. I love this conversation with Kat, who is full of ideas and whose attitudes and self-awareness show an impressive wisdom and sense of purpose. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Kat. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, I'm sure we'll touch on your journey at building a personal brand and everything that Pivot Marketing does. But I suppose that's a good place to start, isn't it? For our listeners who don't know you, Kat, could you just tell them a little bit about your background and a little bit about the business that you've founded Pivot Marketing, please? Absolutely. Yes. So where do you want me to start? Right from the beginning of my journey, my career or? Yeah, well, I suppose a good place to start would be that, you know, Pivot Marketing came for you out of being furloughed, didn't it, during the pandemic? And that was kind of the start of this entrepreneurial journey for you. But, um, you know, do you think, I suppose my quick question would be on that front would be, do you think you're always destined to start your own business? I do think so, you know, like really thinking back to all those key moments of my life and the sort of the the mindset and headspace that I was in, I do always think that that was a journey I was always supposed to be embarking on. Um, especially like there are some key moments that I can kind of highlight as we go on through my journey. Um, did you want me to talk about that now? Yeah, no, just perhaps some of the things that have inspired you the most, Kat, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, that journey. Yeah, so right out of school is kind of when my career began. So um, I don't know if you have any international listeners, but um, in the UK, we leave school at 16, then there's like six form of college and then there's university. Um, now at 16, I went to take on an apprenticeship, which is where you study as well as work at the same time, you get paid to work. So um, 
what I did was very much that went straight into a marketing apprenticeship like I didn't even wait for the summer holidays to be over I literally went the yeah. week that I finished my exams straight into it very straight excited. in straight keen to get into the real world and get out there and <laughs> I really was, you know, I would just really want about proving myself as this adult that I was. And obviously I was only 16 at the time, but we've all been there, right? Yeah, um, I, I did the same. I left school at 15. And as soon as I was 16, yeah. I was like, right, that's it. I've got a job. In my day, it was something called the YTS, but it's the apprenticeship as it is now, you know, okay. exactly the same as you, Kat. Yeah. Very similar journey then. Okay, yeah, so you can no, relate. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, love it. Brilliant. So after um, working in that role, I found other roles, worked my way up, ended up at this company called City Sightseeing Worldwide. And so they do like the big double-decker red buses, if you've ever okay, seen them. We've around. all seen them when we've been a tourist in big cities, something. We, yeah. we all have. And they are brilliant. And it was a great company. It was probably one of my favorite roles. Um, but obviously, all good things must come to an end. So unfortunately, the travel and tourism industry during the pandemic was, of course, a very yeah. difficult situation to be a part of. Um, and so I think straight away in March, all the way till like September, October time, we were put on furlough as well okay. as like, I'm pretty sure the whole office was put on furlough minus like one senior staff or two senior staff members. So like on a flexi furlough thing. Um, and so throughout this process, like to cut a long story short, I basically was made redundant from that job, was trying to find a new role, um, ended up finding this new role only to then be made redundant again because of the mm -hmm. testing times. Yeah, um, it was a cool business to be a part of, but unfortunately, you know, that came yeah. to an end as well. And uh, so I was stuck looking for work again. Um, I managed to find this one role that I was excited about, got through like four or five interview stages, which by the way is very unheard of because, it you is. know, yeah. yeah, usually two or three. That's a prolonged interview. process, isn't it? And actually coming out right. of the COVID kind of pandemic, roles were, you know, it was actually the people were scarce. So actually yeah. people were shortcutting their processes, not That's a four or five interview process, stage process. Exactly. And that's why it was so like at the time, I didn't really consider too much of it. But when I was looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was that should have been a red flag to me at the time. Yeah. Um, but, um, but basically, I ended up speaking to them. Um, we were just like, basically in negotiations at this point, like it was pretty obvious that it was going to be my role, up until the point where I said that I had another interview at some point with another mm -hmm. company. Um, now, I didn't quite phrase it in that way. I just basically said like, hey, can we reschedule this time? That that time doesn't actually work for me. I've got another interview. Um, but obviously my commitment's here. Like, I really love this role. Um, so then obviously they kind of said, like, well, your commitment isn't here because, you know, you're like, you're still interviewing. And I'm like, well, of course mm. I'm interviewing. I've been made redundant twice. I just bought an apartment and I've got my own bills to pay. I'm going to have backups, but you are my main guys. You know, I'd love yeah. to come and work with you. We're almost there. <laughs> and so then this all happened over text where he basically said like, unfortunately, we can't continue with this because your commitment is elsewhere, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, it was safe to say, looking back, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have made a LinkedIn post about it, but I wasn't on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's the marketeer in you. <laughs> it really is, especially when I talk about leadership. So I probably will talk about that again. Um, yeah. But it is, it, yeah, it was a, it was a tough situation. And so I stood there in my apartment. It was like midday or something, or maybe it was the evening. I can't remember. Um, 
And at some point in the day, anyways, I was crying, um, sat down at my dining room table, upset. And then I remembered that I had like this um, TikTok video I'd seen where they were like drop shipping notebooks and stuff like that and like print on demand kind of thing through Amazon. Yeah. So went on, found that video, um, ended up kind of half creating a notebook business for like 17 hours that it, it's, it kind of um, <laughs> came about. And then after... The 17 hour graft i realized that i don't know a thing about notebooks nor am i passionate about them and i should probably start marketing it instead probably <laughs> the best decision you ever made cat <laughs> oh my goodness so uh, yeah so much better but it's really interesting because you got caught up as a lot of people do i suppose in that kind of and we'll talk about your journey with the marketing business but you nearly got caught up in that get rich quick starting a business is easy kind of Ugh phenomenon didn't you and we all know reality is something completely different it's so different but it's more different than you can imagine as well because you do then get these other side of like people that are kind of they're saying like oh you know starting a business is hard really hard and you don't really want to believe those people either and there's not really a middle ground um so that's something i'd like to talk a bit more about yeah yeah so it is it is very easy to get sucked into that um, but then you've got the likes of other people in the industry who are saying how hard it is and what they've endured and like how to get past it. Like I watched a lot of people such as like Gary Vee, Steve Bartlett, like a lot of people mm. like that, um, just consume their content more for like inspiration. Um, as like people that, you know, are in my industry in that kind of space and um, people that, that talk a lot of sense and they all said the same mm. sort of things. I started to spot pattern, which was like, there are times that they wanted to give up and those times are the parts that you need to really get past yeah. in order to be able to succeed. And so whenever I'd then hit one of those sort of um, moments, I would then be like, ah, wait, don't panic. This is supposed to happen. It's part of the journey. And switching yeah. that mindset rather than being like, oh, my God, everything's going to fall apart. It's like, wait, it's fine. This is part of it. It's part is on the it's on the list. It's fine. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's about finding your inner resilience isn't it about yeah. you know be it starting your own business is about finding your resilience and coming through those moments and like you say there's others that have, can share in their journeys or can inspire you to do that but ultimately it's got to be in here isn't it it's got to be in your heart you've got to have a belief in what you're doing and and clearly that's what you do so where does that belief in pivot marketing come from <sighs> Gosh, um, the belief in pivot, I think it has to be a self-belief, so belief in me, because if I'm the one who's in charge of making sure that pivot succeeds, which it will, is um, it means that I have to have a belief in myself. Um, and I think that belief is like taught, like you have to like t- self-teach yourself all of these things, and it's like a complete process, and like um, you're always having to think about it consciously. It has to be a conscious mm. thought process. Because otherwise, you just end up getting sucked into this kind of, oh, you know, this hasn't worked this week. Like, and one, when you're walking around with like a rain cloud over your head, you're only going to attract things like that. Rather than if you're up here, you're like really excited about what's going on. Even though you've had some terrible times, you know that you're going to yeah. be over here because that's just part of the journey. You go with rainbows and sunshines above your head and you attract people and opportunities just like that. So you have to yeah. keep that kind of headstrong approach. And do you, which is a great attitude and approach, and I say, you know, the only one to take, isn't it? But can you remember that very first 
day, first week of pivot marketing back in 2020? And you yeah. know, what was that like? I can a little bit actually. It's very far away because of how much has happened in the past like year mm. and a half of being in business. Like it's it's crazy the amount of growth. But the first week, I think it was more excitement. And the, the one thing that I remember about the whole first six months is I was super excited. And then as soon as like the reality of business hit, like where you're like no longer creating the website and the new social, you're registering, you're, like, you're doing all the cool stuff. As soon as that goes, you're like, what next? And you kind of almost like, that's when you want to mm. give up. Cause it's like, oh, right, I actually have to do work now. You're not excited and that passion goes away. And that's yeah. the part where everyone gives up. And that's the part that you need to get through if you want to carry on. You have to keep Definitely. thinking long term. I remember my, my instant was that. I sat in a little, it was me, a laptop phone in the desk when I started the business. And, and I, I remember sat in this little serviced office and it was just me and the phone wasn't ringing. And <laughs> I'd done, like you say, the exciting stuff. And it, it just took that moment to go, okay, well, the phone's not ringing because I haven't made the calls mm. and I haven't put that first step forward. And that was that little bit of fuel that I needed to go, right, got to get on, got to take that first step, got to make the move, haven't you? 100%. And it's really hard to do that sometimes. And so you've got to find a way to do it because picking up the phone for me was terrifying and I still probably wouldn't even do it right now. Um, so yeah. find a strategy that works for you to like sell your product. Obviously personal branding is what works for me um, and we'll delve into that a little bit more. But, but I remember the first, I think it was like the first three to six months, I got somebody in my DMs who was like, do you want like some free leads, we'll give you this and um, and then you just, you can go through and call all these people who we've kind of warmed up to who you are. I was like, sure, they're free. Let's try it. Had this list of people with like, I think it was 30 leads on this list for, I think even to date, even now, I don't think I've called more than five of them. I was absolutely scared to call yeah. these people and pick up the damn phone because I have no self belief. I think if I did it now, I could probably talk to them about what I've achieved and where I am and, you know, like where the business mm. is now. But at the time, because you haven't done anything to prove yourself, you have no self-belief and that like barrier is really hard to cross. Yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, you built the business, you know, you've got a full team now, business has grown, we're again, touching that you've won some awards. I mean, what was that? Has there been one turning point, one point in that 18 month kind of journey where you look back and you go, that was the moment? Yes, there was, absolutely. And that was all to do with building my personal brand, which is why okay. I'm a huge advocate for it. Yep. <laughs> and, and that is what Pivot does, isn't it? Fundamentally, That's exactly it what builds, Pivot does. You know, it builds the personal brand. So I suppose we should go into that. I mean, let's, let's explore that as a kind of topic. What, you know, what are some of the top tips? This is a big question, really. What are some of the top tips for a business owner looking to build their personal brand, Kat? Um, I think the first thing... Where do thing we start? <laughs> where do we start okay i'll take you through the journey that i usually take clients through and then i can kind of expand on a few tips outside Perfect. of that so first of all the biggest part that we have to like understand is fundamentally why you're doing this so why do you want to build a personal brand what is it that you want to be known for where are you going and who are you going to meet along the way so if we start with the whole like what do you want to be known for that's always a great mm. point because you know without that kind of aim in mind it's really hard to put aimless content out there where you're not actually thinking of who's going to be receiving this type of content so with any marketing strategy you want to see um okay what do i want to be known for 
then you can find the audience that will then be re um, receiving that and then you can build around that. So the way that I did that was said, okay, so I want to be known as an entrepreneur. At the time, I wanted to be known as a marketer, but now I'm kind of stepping away from that because I have other businesses that I'm focusing on. But at okay. the time, yeah, so at the time, <laughs> I can see you getting excited about that. We will dive into yeah. that, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, at the time, marketer and entrepreneur and somebody who had a bit more substance to them as well. So like, I really like to talk about personal growth, which is pretty much what we've talked about on this podcast the whole time with the whole mindset yeah. approach. And anybody who has built anything, you know, knows that mindset is literally the core foundation of anything that you do. Um, and so that's what, those are the three things I wanted to be known for. So from okay. there, I, I decided to create content around that. So, okay, if we want to be known as an entrepreneur, then talk about the team, talk about what's going on, talk about where you're going and talk about your experiences that you've had along the way. So those are like the first few things that I talked about that, you know, would be helpful if you wanted to start your personal brand or anyone listening is, okay, talk about experiences. That's one thing okay. that people really like to hear about, which is why, I mean, even on this podcast, it's all about my experience, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so we're just, we're all people trying to market to people, but people forget that quite often because mm -hmm. it's always like this really rigid way of marketing that's straight out of a text te textbook and nobody ever in their right mind is going to buy from a robot generally speaking going back before you know social media or social media was so prominent and people the old adage is people buy from people isn't it and yes. i suppose what you're starting to say cat is people still buy from people in on social so mm -hmm. you've got to share a bit of you with them so they understand who you are and what you are and what yeah what what your offering is 100 percent. people need to feel connected to you to to buy unless you're like I don't know some sort of like real necessity like uh, yeah. milk or something nobody's really going to care too much maybe there's the, like the brand snobs or something but like <laughs> yeah, generally milk speak, <laughs> yeah. but generally speaking yeah you need to feel connected to a product in order to buy it um, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about enough and everybody copies what everybody else is doing without thinking, mm. is this somebody I should be copying? Are they actually succeeding with their marketing? Because a lot of people aren't. No. And that's quite an interesting one going to go off on a little diversion there is that is that you <laughs> see people and brands that are perceived as being successful online and sometimes you scratch the surface and there is no substance there. Yeah. Now, how do you build that personal brand online and have the substance to go with it, Kat? That's a really good question. So I put out a mixture of different posts. So okay. now that I post five times a week, obviously there's five pieces going out, but before that I was posting three times a week, which is generally what I'd recommend. Now I will actually completely void everything that I'm saying in a moment with what, I, what I'm gonna come on and say. But generally speaking, this is a really good strategy to approach when it comes to posting especially on linkedin um so posting three times a week with those three um pe uh, pieces i would have a content pillar attached to each one so okay. whether i talked about marketing personal growth entrepreneurship one of those three things so i was always talking about my content pillar so i wouldn't just be known for marketing if i posted marketing the whole week i'd be known for every single one of these things so that's a good okay. start um, if you just have one content pillar, absolutely, by all means, stick to that one content pillar. Um, 
But what I was also doing is making sure that I would show pieces of myself um, rather than just talking about, okay, this is what I do. Again, experiences and storytelling and then going a tiny step further, um, regardless of engagement, a lot of people chase engagement, actually saying, I'm going to sacrifice it for the sake of my audience getting to know me better. And so with with those posts, I did one particular post, which I always talk about in examples, which is five things that you didn't know about me. And to anybody outside of this community that I'd grown, might not have been that interesting or that great. Now it did get some good traction, especially from my own followers. And that basically said something like, um, I'm 5'10", which most people are shocked about. My last name gets misspelled all the time. um, And that I really like Marvel was one of them. And so the point of this post was for people to get to know me as a person and really Mm -hmm. see me as a person rather than just somebody who's posting content online, trying to get this, trying to get that, trying to win business. People want to see you as a person. So I never sell in my content, which is a big thing. People just come onto my profile and feel this need to reach out. Um, And so me talking about Marvel, for example, um, it attracted like five or 10 DMs, I think it was. People were like, oh, I love Marvel too. We should connect, we should grab a cup of coffee or can I buy from you kind of thing. Didn't literally say that, but you know, effectively, can I book in a consultation? Um, That sort of, those sorts of conversations were sparked just from one personal post. And that's really important because it's literally people just connecting with people and people always Mm. forget that. Yeah. So quick, quick, the question that would come from that, and I understand all of that is, so you're saying your content you put out never directly sells. Mm -hmm. What you're selling is you your your personal brand your expertise and as a consequence you get messages pivot marketing's website gets visited and sales arise you never have so do you not put out any posts that are okay come and buy from me post i don't think i'll ever put one out like that i don't know never (laughs) and it's simply because when people think about posting content online they want quick wins they want to win straight away they want to get somebody in their dm straight away straight away straight away so they chase they don't attract that's a big Mm. thing with personal branding it's attracting and it's playing the long game so i didn't immediately get leads in like influx in my um in my dms straight away um when i was first putting out content i mean i've been on linkedin for years but until i was actually creating valuable content. I think that was like December of last year. And I didn't get my first lead until like March time or maybe around that time. And so there's this whole building process and, you know, March time from December, that's still quite quick, but that's just because I was giving it my all. I was waking up at the right times to post. I was spending hours on LinkedIn engaging. And that was like quick because I was putting in so much time. If you've got less time to commit, obviously it will come out longer. But most yeah. people aren't ready to play the long game because they don't have the time or the patience or the energy to wait for those results to come mm-hmm. in, which is why, you know, we do that for them or there are other agencies out there who can do that. And so the reason why I never sold directly is because I wanted to be seen as a human. I wanted to be seen as somebody who was also authoritative, somebody who didn't need to chase sales. It was actually, okay, I have this great business, but I'm not out here chasing and trying to get your your yeah. you know, your sale. Because when you come to me and DM, I haven't pushed that on you. You've come to me, you're much more likely to buy from me. And so the actual longevity of that sale, it's more likely for that to convert rather than you kind of saying, like, I need you to come to me. It's me mm-hmm. saying, Oh, you can come to me if you want. Yeah, we've got some really good services, you know. Like, sure, go ahead. 
that kind of approach really sells more because people don't feel like they're being sold to and nothing's worse than a salesman. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely resonates, particularly that kind of piece of when the lead does come in, it's kind of qualified and it? it's self-qualified and therefore the follow-up can happen. Yeah. And it, you know, you've followed this journey yourself and you advocate it to your clients and your customers. Is there any moments where you've doubted it or any really bad experiences in terms of using social media for business purposes? I would be lying if I said no. There have yeah. been some times that have been a little like tough in terms of like, oh, is this going to be um, something that could potentially harm my brand? But actually, I think that the, the pros always outweigh the cons. So okay. there was a time that one of my posts went more viral than others. Um, and in terms of it was actually being spoken about by a lot of creators as well. And like a lot of people were giving their viewpoints on it. And it was basically um, a time that I then had a lot of people also giving me hate for that as well. Um, and so that does happen. And, mm. you know, actually in hindsight, whilst it was, it felt a little bit strange at the time, um, I did learn how to handle it. But actually in hindsight, they do say all press is good press. And I'm very well known because I've managed to pivot my brand and to make sure that I have like, re I'm really seen as like this nice person. Um, and I'm trying yeah. to continue building on as that. Um, as well as somebody authoritative. Um, but because of that, like that attention, people then got eyes on my brand. So there's never necessarily a bad moment. And to be honest no. with you, for all the business, the opportunities, everything that I've managed to do, this wonderful office that I'm in now, like all of those things massively outweigh a little bit of hate over here. Yeah, it was a great way of putting it in perspective, isn't it? But actually yeah. that negativity online, we've all done it, we've all posted something and there's been a, you know, you can have eight people that absolutely get it, align with what you're saying, and the two people that don't, and they post, or there's that negativity. You don't yeah. listen to the eight, you listen to the two. I think that, that that's human nature, isn't it? So absolutely. it's interesting to see that you've learned ways to cope with that kind of negativity. And again, maybe just for anybody, you know, our listeners, some of the things that you would adopt, some of the advice that you'd give to how do you overcome the negativity? I think it's down to a personal um, stance. So not everybody will be able to like resonate particularly with my advice because it is like yeah. personal. But the one thing that really helped me unpick was like wondering why I was so upset about this because these people don't know me as a person. So I'm yeah. like, what nerve have they struck? What can I learn from this? And what can I then implement into the rest of my life and kind of heal trauma that I can then be more resilient and bounce back from it. So yeah. I did a lot of digging and a lot of soul searching because obviously there was something there. And so I think it came down to the fact that I, at the time, didn't quite feel like enough from like through tra like trauma, childhood trauma. Like there's always things like that mm. that you have, that you, you try and work through as a person. And so for me, that was one thing. So when I then received that hate, I was like, oh yeah, that they're right because they are, that's what the idea that I had in the back of my subconscious. So I was kind of agreeing with them and feeling hurt mm. by the fact that they had spotted this about me when obviously it wasn't true, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's what my subconscious agreed with. And so when you kind of unpick why, then you can learn, okay, what can I do to overcome this? Can I talk mm. to somebody about it or can I resolve it by myself? And then um, next time that happens, if that does happen, then you know exactly how to tackle it because you'll be hopefully a little bit more healed than before. Definitely. Brilliant. And 
you obviously work with a variety of different kind of ages and businesses and industries and helping you know CEOs business leaders build their personal brand Mm -hmm. and do you see big differences in the way in which different generations approach building their personal brand yeah generally yes but then you do get a lot of people who actually roll the reverse and so we have clients who are like really gen z like oriented even though they're like not part of that and then vice versa um like me i'm technically a gen z but i don't really feel like i behave like one so it's like you know a bit like that um the main difference i think is gen z are much more um able to express themselves online whereas Mm. people out of that generation generally find it harder to be more personable and be more enthusiastic and um and more open online because that's not what they're used to whereas gen z are very used to that and seeing people in that and so we have to kind of help clients to kind of open themselves up and then they realize oh my god it's not that scary people are very accepting and actually i'm generating a great income from this so yeah you know definitely and you've got some success stories within your client base that you're able to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one I like to talk about a lot was a TikTok legend, I like to say. Um, <laughs> TikTok legend. Um, <laughs> he, um, the very first post we did for him, uh, he already had built up a little bit of a brand for himself. He was already in the same space as me. And so we had similar and mutual connections. But the first post that I did for him, I want to say got... 500 reactions, um, like 50k views or 40k views. Um, very first post, by the way, so that's very impressive. Um, wow. Got a lot of engagement, but it actually, besides the engagement and the followers and the, the visibility, actually then opened up a bunch of other opportunities. So I think he got an article feature, a podcast that he was asked to go on, three sales calls booked, and some potential other prospects as well. Um, yeah and from one <laughs> post yeah yeah from, from one, one post. post wow now that post my one of my employees sabika she always says it's called the cat effect because he actually posted a photo with me for that post um <laughs> and every time somebody posts a photo with me they go viral which is insane uh <laughs> so um so yeah if you're a client like generally speaking i get a photo with you to try and help you boost that up but the second, third, fourth posts, they all did exactly the same and they didn't have photos of me. Um, so that was all from one post. And not only was it all of that stuff with the sales, et cetera, but don't know where this will be published, but basically um, he's bought on an investor, um, somebody very big in the industry. And that all came from visibility on his LinkedIn. Okay. Um, and um and that's scaled massively now he's marketing to seven and eight figure e-commerce businesses so wow congratulations and i suppose that but that's quite leads on to another point doesn't it you know we you talk about the why you talk about the content you talk Mm -hmm. about being authentic to yourself those content pillars that kind of thing but i suppose you've also got to know that kind of what does good look like yes why are you going to actually invest in social media and what the outcome is to be yeah. able to put those KPIs, those measurables in to say, this is an investment that's worthwhile, which I suppose is the same as traditional marketing, isn't it? Yes, exactly the same. And there's one thing that a lot of people um, generally out of the Gen Z kind of category is like the one sort of, how do I put it? The one thing that people are quite cautious about is like, oh, well, my, my target audience isn't on this platform or on this or isn't really active. And I'm thinking, mm. 
Huh, interesting. Somebody put out a very interesting stat the other day that said um, this was on TikTok, which is actually supposed to be a much younger platform, but actually the the age bracket that buys the most on TikTok is actually millennials, which is really interesting. Wow. Yeah, and so millennials, obviously, that goes that's quite a, quite a wide age bracket, right? That's mm-hmm. that's people that aren't expected to be on TikTok quite so much, but they are. And not only is it, it's not people who are on TikTok, it's actually people who are buying on TikTok, which is a massive market that people are missing because they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm not on there. So people my age aren't going to be on there either. And that's a really difficult way to address that because then you're, you know, you're missing out. So um, that's one thing, one, one, um, what's the word I'm looking for? One thing that people miss out on because they are, they doubt the um, successes of social media. And I suppose that's what comes with using an agency and getting that experience, isn't it? Because the content, the platforms, you know, platforms are changing all the time, aren't they? And yeah. and new platforms emerging. I mean, is there a new platform that's emerging that you think business owners, business leaders should be looking towards rather than perhaps the traditional platforms that we'll all be on? Emerging? Um, that's questionable at the moment. The, there's definitely three that I would be focusing on. And it's not just okay. me who said that, but Gary Vee actually confirmed it a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but luckily, it actually falls under what we do as well. So LinkedIn, which is a big thing at the moment, and everybody's saying that. Um, and that's what we do. TikTok, obviously, everybody knows that. And, it, you know, all these platforms, they probably will dry at some point. But if you can capitalize on them now, then that's better than waiting for all of your competitors to get yeah. there first. Um, and then YouTube. YouTube Shorts especially, that is a massive, massive one to be focusing on Um, because TikTok, sorry, YouTube is actually also a search engine really. Uh, So people go in there to search. So if you can optimize your videos for like um, something like a search term. So for example, um, if you sell washing machines, for example, you can put in your video something like how to use a washing machine to get out such and such stain or um, how to start my washing machine or how to do this, something that somebody would search for and you can come up search first and then you can really um, gain a lot of exposure that way. I'm giving out YouTube advice, even though I, <laughs> it's not our main product, but um, basically but, YouTube is actually going to be something we're going to be focusing a lot more on, which is why I'm so excited about this because it yeah, is no, something definitely not something I would have thought about, Consider, I suppose we put content out on youtube has evolved but we don't really think about how we optimize it and how you get that yeah direct correlation it's more as a host we've i suppose naively thought of it as more as a hosting platform as much as anything else yeah yes and that's exactly what we did as well until recently um so we are changing that strategy but those are the three platforms that we should be focusing on in 2023 brilliant great tips and in so turning back towards your own kind of journey and your own thinking i mean now when you reflect on it is there anything that or any hints and tips or advice that you'd give young entrepreneurs just starting out on their journey actually i did say earlier in the in the talk that um, there was something that i would say to completely void everything i've given out and that is a great starting point like don't think that you shouldn't do those things but actually there's all these like tips and gurus and people who are saying you need to do this, you need to do that. And actually you can just ignore all of that to some degree, because what 
works most out of all of these things is literally just like communicating and connecting with a human being so posting three times a day doing this doing that isn't necessarily going to be getting you anywhere if you can't connect with a human first off Mm. and that is the absolute essence of content marketing and that's why there are so many brands like duolingo and even like the whole aldi and mns thing they're very creative with their marketing now because they've created a bit more entertainment around their brand and they've got um i don't know if you see much of their tweets and stuff but they're very humorous on in their tweeting Uh, and stuff yeah and things like that it's just bringing that humanized element into their marketing um so that in terms of marketing is where i would start but in terms of my personal growth as a young entrepreneur i think generally there's a lot of people who give out advice and i could sit here and tell you all of these things that you should be doing but if anything Uh, if there's anything you can take away it's just listen to your gut um, and go with your gut because I can sit here and tell you what worked for me but that might not be what works for you so just go with your intuition which is one thing that is very hard to acknowledge but once you get there you'll be guided by that and that's the only way that you're ever going to get to where you need to be brilliant love that advice and and in terms of your own experiences obviously you built the team now you know there's at least half a dozen of you and it's growing all the time I mean, how have you found leading people? Because you've had jobs, roles, marketing, you haven't necessarily led a team before. So what's that experience been like as a young kind of business owner, entrepreneur, leading a team of people, Kat? Well, luckily, just before I jumped into the entrepreneurial world, my last role, I was I was actually able to get hands-on experience in leading a team. Um, so I, I mean, it was only for like six or so months. Um, but with that, I learned kind of how to navigate conversations. So in the, com- the communication style to approach that with um, and all those sorts of things. But the biggest part of leadership that I learned and discovered was through content um, of leaders in my space, people okay. who are communicating in the right way, people who I want to look up to as a leader. If I look up to this person, I need to be like them. If I start leading without having a vision in mind of where I want to be or who I want to be, then that's going to be very difficult because you're not really um, understanding how you can communicate with people. Mm. So communication was a big part of it, but actually looking at myself as well and saying, okay, what leader do I want to be? How would I want to be led? How would I want to show up to work? And let me see if I can try and implement that in a way that makes employees feel more filled, well-being Mm. increased, productivity, um, all of those things. They all start with just being a human. So you know, one thing that we have a lot of is flexibility. Um, obviously, we're lucky in the marketing industry that we can be quite flexible. You know, if you're a factory worker or something, you know, you, you can't really show up to late uh, to, to work late. Yeah. Shift starts when the shift starts, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. So we are lucky in that regard. But in industries like ours, you'd be surprised at how many people are still very rigid um, mm. with the way that they structure the business. And so in terms of like leading, um, leading a team, um it's just knowing what i would want to see in my own culture so for example one of my employees was like 15 minutes late the other day no problem because we have a fairly flexible structure they just stayed 15 minutes later Mm. is it the end of the world no if we had a meeting maybe but we didn't so Mm. it's things like that that people are really strict on um, and we need to kind of let go a bit because otherwise we're going to be creating a world full of freelancers and entrepreneurs simply because everybody wants freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we all need people, don't we? We all need team members. We all need to embrace a team and grow a team exactly. to succeed 
in terms of you know developing our own businesses and I suppose that that kind of leads on and you perhaps alluded to it earlier Kat so what next for Kat you know you talk about other interests so what can you say where 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 does life take Kat from here (laughs) well I actually brainstormed this the other day so I've got a lot of stuff going on I I hope that's a little bit blurred out in the background because there's a lot of it on that board. (laughs) (laughs) We're not Um, videoing, so you're okay. So nobody can see where you're going or what's next. (laughs) But I can now. (laughs) Yeah, you can now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the next few years. So I want to change or lead change in three different spaces in particular. So leadership, so starting with what I was saying, well-being, employee well-being, um, how we lead teams, how we communicate and grow that team culture um, and, and kind of give that flexibility and freedom without having to have give up a paycheck, basically. Um, so leadership. Uh, the other thing is education, which is something we're really focusing on next year. So we okay. are in the process of bringing on an investor, which will all be finalized next week. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you very much. So with that investor, we are planning on building schools next year. And now these schools are like forward thinking, diverse kind of schools where it caters to individualism rather than everybody sitting in the same seats, facing the same way, doing this, using the same pens and learning the same things in the same way that everybody else does. So that's what we currently have as a system. If we can find a system that actually caters to the individual needs of individuals, that'll be way more helpful because you don't have people who feel stuck who will then rebel because they feel stupid. There'll actually be people who will be excited to learn, generally speaking. Um, And (laughs) you can't, you know, you can't force everybody to learn, but generally speaking, it will increase that excitability to learn um, and also increase, sorry, decrease all this sort of violence and stuff like that because people usually rebel when they have their internal battles and it all starts when you're in school. The period of zero to seven years old is like the most important part of an individual's learning because that's when they learn everything that they need for the rest of their life in terms of a person, mindset, etc. And then the rest is just teaching skills. Um, And so I think we'll start with those early years potentially um, because those are the most formative. So those nursery um, years to begin with before, yeah, wow. I think so. I, yeah, and I think we want to start there just because we want to inbuild, uh, embed this more, this better mindset approach. People, the way people kind of approach communication, the way that they approach um, their learning, whether they, the way they approach other people, that kind of thing. Um, it's not always taught the best in homes because, you know, we can't always afford yeah. to give all this time or we have people in different stages and that's okay. If we have a place where people can come to to learn that, then great. Um, and the other thing is, is that teachers are paid by the government and the government dictate what um, yeah. is what taught. And, is, yeah. Exactly. And so one f- idea that I've had, like this is just me kind of coming up with the ideas at this stage, is that we pay the salaries of the teachers and dictate what's taught in those schools so that then we have much better um, a much better way of teaching where it's not just focused on you have to get these grades otherwise you're going to fail at life because that mindset is absolutely terrible to teach a child yeah. so all of these things that are passed down from the government to the teachers to the kids that will all be ruled out so wow. yeah so that's some things that are going on we're building an app an education platform loads of stuff over there um And then the third thing is politics. So making this huge change in education will then hopefully be able to springboard me into politics because I can say, look, hey, 
this is where I've created change. I want to create more change over here. People get scared by the word change. I don't want to completely turn the world upside down. <laughs> but <laughs> where I can lead some positive change, that's where um, that's where I'm, I'm going. Um, and there are bits in between that as well. Like we've just taken an um, NED on board who might potentially be an investor in the future. He's helping us with all yeah. of this. Absolutely brilliant. Like there's so much going on. I could tell you all these things, writing books, but I mean, I don't know how long we've got left. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. There's so much going on there, isn't there? We'll have to have yeah. you back as another guest in a, in a year or so's time and find out where, you, yeah. where your journey's gone. But, but what's interesting is you've got a clear... It's really interesting. It starts to correlate the whole conversation with Hadcat because I think you've you've built the personal brand, you've helped others build their personal brand, you've built a business off the back of that, but you've got a clear vision by the sounds of it of where you want to be as the yes. years proceed in life. You know, forget the business piece, but in life, is that true? It is actually, and that only came about probably this month, if I'm being totally honest. Okay. And it takes a while to identify what it is you want to get out of life. Um, mm. But I think I became conscious of looking for something, looking for more of a purpose. And with that, then I was able okay. to say, okay, this interest over here, I know I've always wanted to do this. And I'm kind of building towards that. Maybe that is one of my goals, that kind of process that I started okay. mapping out. Um, and I started building these things without realizing what I was kind of building towards. Um, and so I kind of, over the past month, I've gone on this journey of think, of kind of wondering where I'm going, what do I want to actually achieve? Um, and yeah. building more of a goal and outline for the rest of the f next few years, um, which has really helped. Fantastic. Well, it does everything, you use the word quite a lot, it does give everything a purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's been great having you on, on as a guest. We do need to think about wrapping up our conversation. So actually following on from that, you know, I always end with the question on the podcast is, you know, what's your definition of personal success, Kat? Hmm. That's a good question. Very good question, actually. Yeah. Um, the definition of personal success is exactly that. Success is personal to everybody. Yeah. My success isn't going to be what you want to achieve in your life and vice versa. You know, you might be aiming for things over here that I'm not aiming for because that's not where I want to be or where I want to make a difference. So I think that that is very much on a personal level. Um, and I have thought about, like, would I give up these things at some point? And somebody asked me, like, what would you do if you wouldn't be in, if you weren't in business? don't really know how to answer that but actually you know I'd probably be a writer um spend my days yeah. writing because I love that and that's why I'm writing books um and so kind of realizing that there's not just one thing that you can do in your life and there might be various different options is also quite uh quite exciting so you don't always have to yeah. pick that one thing and stick at it no definitely not so Kat loved having you on the podcast if people want to learn more about Kat and want to learn more about pivot marketing where can they go Thank you for having me, by the way. And if you want to find out more about me, then LinkedIn or Instagram is your best bet. We do have a website as well, but you can just search Cat Philp. Um, that might actually be changing in a few weeks. Um, I'm using my full name. So if you do search for me, or you can also search Catalina as well, and that will come up. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Cat. Thank you for being a wonderful guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. 
We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.